Hello, welcome to PRBC Worcester podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit of God illuminate your hearts. Father, we worship. We worship. Give you all glory and honor. Because you alone deserve it. We want to thank you for your presence in our midst. Thank you for already speaking to us. Preparing us, O oh God, for the work that you created for those that you have redeemed from time beginning. We are just graced to be part of your big plan. Therefore, we say receive glory and honor. Receive adoration. Your presence continually be with us even now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. And shout the church, shout a big amen. Amen. We want to give God glory and honor for today. And uh, we thank God for what he's been doing even throughout the whole week, as most of you are aware. The whole entire region was waiting upon the Lord Gleaning through the deep meaning of the theme that he has given his people for the entire year. He's equipping his church as an army to possess the nations. Now it's important to reemphasize the fact that the focus is not so much about the army. The focus is more on the equipping part. Because you could be qualified to be a steady stature. But what actually substantiates that qualification is your ability to execute what that stature is supposed to execute. So for example, one can have a qualification of a doctor or a teacher. But if what is expected of a doctor or a teacher is not manifested in you, then it's just a title. Nothing more than a title. And we want to thank God that this year the focus is on equipping those whom he has already qualified to be part of his army. And all that is left is we will begin to manifest that which armies that belong to the kingdom of God ought to manifest. I pray that God will speak to us in our own individual ways. Bring our minds and consciousness to what he's trying to do within his church. Corporatively. And then individually. This whole week I have been very happy in my spirit. 
Because I began to understand the reason why God gave me that message 31st night. And that word was just shift. And when he just dropped shift, I'm like, what is shift? What are we shifting? So even as grace allowed me to preach what I preached on 31st night, I got a much better understanding this whole week. Because it was tied in line with what God is trying to do in his church. Now, some of you may recall, some of you may not. This theme, we've preached it here many times. By the grace of God, I spent three months teaching stand properly armed. Stand properly armed. So when Area had called and said, Carl, this is a new theme. Send it to your brother's the pastorate. I'm like, my. God is faithful. God is faithful. You recall last year, National Holy Ghost Convention was bearing fruit to the evidence of my new birth. I spent two months teaching and bearing fruit, the evidence of my spiritual maturity. Now, what I'm bringing these things to encourage somebody who is hearing me. That every word that comes from this pulpit, whether it's from the pastor, an elder, a deacon, a deaconess, take it. Because God is doing something in his church. I pray that that conviction would be all our portion. That we don't just take God's word anyhow. But take it with a sense of purpose. Knowing that God in his own wisdom through that instruments that he places on this pulpit. Speaking. is very intent to us. And we will fall in love with his word and begin to ask for grace to execute it. That's exactly what our fathers, even the international church, has placed upon our heart to meditate upon. Equipping the church. As an army to possess the nations. This morning, what I want to talk about to kind of try to build a foundation of why there was a need for the equipping. And by grace, as God grants us the opportunity, we'll delve into the actual theme. And many speakers will be able to take different parts of the theme. So turn with me to that theme scripture, Ephesians chapter 4. This time we want to read from verse 11. Ephesians 4. Reading from verse 11. This would be from the New King James Version. Let's hear the word of the Lord. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What I want us to just glean from that first verse 
is you are also some. Just place your hand on your heart. Whether you believe it or not, I'm believing it for you. Now, Lord, I am also some. Now say it with meaning. Lord, I am also some. Listen, none of us sitting here in the pews or standing in the pulpit or playing instrument or doing media at the back is just a spectator, just some quantitative number. You are here for a purpose. So though your name or your position or your stature may not be mentioned as you being an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, you are some. You are some. Because in God's own intention, he called us to accomplish a purpose. And that purpose is not our purpose, but his purpose. And so the moment a person finds himself in that state of mind, his attitude, his mannerisms, his passion, the way he goes about things, it's different. Completely different. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for every good work that he has already prepared for us. So we should walk in them. So we should walk in them. So you are also some. And this year, even as God through his own grace is equipping us, know that you are some part, important component of what he, the Lord, is equipping so that we can possess nations. Oh, hallelujah. Just want to go through the rest of it and then we'll touch deep into today's message. Verse 12 says, the reason why he called some and gave some, some giftings and grace is this. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Because there's a stature, a measure, a description that we must all attain. Till we all, number one, come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But what should we do? Speaking the truth in love. We all, we all may grow in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself 
in love. Somebody shout a big amen to that. That's it. You were to just break down and do a thesis on God's grace through Christ concerning the church. This is it. This is it. So because I'm not talking about the theme itself today, but building foundations to why this was necessary. Turn with me to Matthew Gospel, chapter 16. This whole week was themed transfiguration encounter. Transfiguration encounter. Now we're going to be reading through all 16 chapter. And then we'll take 17 as well. So stay with me. We'll go through this journey together. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. Now you have your own Bible? Just note that. Pharisees, Sadducees, people who know they are stuff when it came to the law. Moses, through inspiration, had given them. But the whole mindset of coming to Jesus, the scripture uses the word testing him, was to ask for sign, a sign. And the more important thing is a sign from heaven. In other words, somehow in their mind, they acknowledge that Jesus came from heaven. And he is the only person that can bring a sign from heaven. Let's see what Jesus tells them. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it would be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. You hypocrites, Jesus' words, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Hmm. For a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Hello. And no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet of Jonah. And with that, scripture says, he left them. And departed. I want us to stay here for a few minutes. Building up a case as the Lord spoke to me. Beginning of the understanding of shift. Is unfolding here. Pharisees, Sadducees. They know the scripture. They know that a Messiah. Is supposed to come. In the anticipation of who this Messiah is. They preconceived. Mm, perhaps it must be this Jesus that people are talking about, but just so we know that he is our type of Messiah, not the Messiah, but our type of Messiah. 
Let's go test him. Let's go check him out so that we can compare who he claims to be with what we have in our preconceived mind of what a Messiah should be. The Bible says they go asking for a sign. Listen, we are in those times. We are in those times. Have you realized how many people troop in search of signs? Have you ever sat down to imagine how much people spend in search of signs? Do you know how many people have been lied to in search of signs? Because in their own preconceived mind, the only justification of their Christendom and identity in Christ is a manifestation of signs. Somebody, the Lord is speaking to you. Church, the Lord is speaking to us. And Jesus could have just done many signs in front of them. It's just a snap of a finger. You want to prove that I'm the Messiah? Therefore, you came asking for signs. Boom, here it is one. Boom, here's the other one. Boom, here's the other one. But he says, you know what? You, wicked, an adulterous generation. None signs, zip, will be shown you. Because your preconceptions are foul. Your priorities in life is misplaced. Your understanding of who the Messiah is is completely erroneous. Because if it was signs, Elisha has come, Elijah has come, Moses has come. You didn't even listen to him. What are signs going to do for your transfiguration, transformation, reformation? None. Because of that, you're not seeing even one sign from me. Based in that context. Because my purpose of coming is not to do signs and wonders. And you realize that many times Jesus will do some signs. He says, don't go tell anybody. Don't waste your time telling people because that's not my priority. I am praying in the name of Jesus 2022 PIWC Church. Shift from pursuing signs only in your Christian walk. Calculate how many times you spent chasing after signs. Calculate your present life and tell me the difference. Zip. If you're true to the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now, working this morning. Zip. You hear Prophet Z, you are there. You hear Prophet Y, you are there. You pay money to go to conferences. You're on TV, Ghana, Nigeria, whatever. Why? Not because you want God to transform you, to be used. Looking for signs. Jesus says, uh-uh. You got a whole thing. Am I able to produce signs? Oh, you bet. I am God himself. Flesh. I created this universe. And if it was just about signs, I would have stayed up here and caused signs to happen here. But the reason why I came down here was for a completely different purpose. To redeem those that the enemy has kept 
in dungeons and chains, in darkness, translated them into my marvelous light. Not only that, but to edify, to equip, to train, so that they will continue my purpose here on earth. That's it. Studio on first Sunday of January, and I told the church, it is time, my brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers in the house, for our mindset to shift from the consumerism philosophy of Christianity to service and worship. But I don't blame us. Sometimes our background, sometimes our circumstances, sometimes things that we've been through brings our mindset to think the other way. There's nothing wrong in wanting to marry, nothing wrong in wanting to get a big house and a big car, nothing wrong in asking for permission. As a matter of fact, that is already given to you. It's your right. But if your whole heart, your passion, you get up in the morning, all that you're looking for is concentrated on that. Sister, brother, Jesus says, change, shift. Read on. Verse 5. So this was a conversation with Pharisees and Sadducees. Now let's see what happens with conversation with disciples. Now, when Jesus, when his disciples had come to the other side, the Bible says they had forgotten to take bread. Look at that carefully. They had forgotten to take what? Bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed before or beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now remember, he has just spoken to Pharisees and Sadducees. And now he's having a personal one-on-one, if you will, in in-house conversation with his own disciples who should know, supposedly, better. Take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and then verse 7 says, and then the disciples reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we did not take bread. Jesus is rebuking us. We forget to take food. And he's angry. And we didn't take bread. See mindsets, philosophies, how our perception in life can sometimes be completely off track with the real purpose that God has for us, especially as his church. Verse 8 says, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you, look at the word, reason, philosophy, worldview, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Now, Jesus is trying to make it clear again to the disciples. If it's about signs, I just demonstrated one few days to you. I turned five loaves into many people ate and you still have plenty to and so you think the fact that you didn't bring bread on this journey is the reason why I am mad at you? It means you are completely off tangent with my purpose. And these are the disciples, 12. 
Forget about the Pharisees. Forget about the Sadducees. Disciples. These are the church. Members of the church, including the pastor himself. Their mindset was bread. Now the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But what I meant, according to Jesus' word, paraphrasing here, but beware of the living of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Turn with me, Colossians 2. Chapter 18. Open your eyes, Jesus. Open our understanding, Lord. And we will know what you're about to do in our lives. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Fleshly mind. It's amazing that lately, even the worship of angels has become the order of the day. Church is not worshiping the true God. Our expectations of what he wants us to do is completely off. How do we expect even the world to behave? Somebody had told me last week, was it this week, that in some states as we speak, listen, parents, listen, listen, as we speak in some states, there is an after-school program for Satan worship. After school program, Satan worship. First it becomes, what is the church even worshiping sometimes? Let's think about these things, church. Some of these things should prick your heart. Make you question, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because I got it all wrong. In my mind, I was just thinking of that which I would get and get and get. Yes, you will. It's not wrong with that. The most important thing is, here I am. What can I do for you? Child is having enough of the school program in Satan worship. He comes home and you say Z and says Y. You don't get it. We come and sit in this blue nice box. That's it. Prayer is what we will receive here in this box. Nothing about what we will do to change that Satan after school program. Somebody say mercy. Oh, mercy, mercy, Lord. I hope I'm pricking you. 
I hope I'm provoking you. I hope by the grace of God, I'm trying to shift your mindset. The church is not what we think it is sometimes. Verse 12 says, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of living bread, but of the doctrines of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So now they get it. They think it's all good. Jesus has spoken to them. They've understood, at least in this metaphor, what he meant. Let's look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? You see where the master is taking them? Gradually. Who do men say that I am? Verse 14. So they said. This is the same 12. Well, some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are Elijah. Others say you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. At least that's what they are saying some people say. So Jesus, I'm sure, gave him a C plus and said, well, that's okay. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? So I get it. They are out there. They might not know exactly the truth in me. They may be hearing news and CNN and MSNBC and they may be hearing noise of some guy performing miracles and all that. But you 12, you are here. The world may be thinking differently about the church and about our Savior Jesus Christ. That's okay, at least for now. But what does the church perceive Christ to be? Better still, what does the church perceive herself to be? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. Is that what we see Jesus to be, church? You are Christ, the son of a living God. That's a minute element of what we perceive you to be for our own sake. That's some self-interest of what we would get from that little thing that we saw you do last week. But you are the embodiment, Christ, son of a living God. You are greater, bigger, larger. That our minute understanding of what we thought and wished that you would be. Now church, if a church gets to this mindset of revelation. That is the beginning of now opening up for the equipping. For ministry. For the equipping of ministry. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. The fact is you cannot be heavenly minded with earthly philosophies. It just doesn't work. 
cannot understand spiritual things with carnal mind. By that, I'm not even saying you getting yourself and transporting yourself into a metaphysical position. Being spiritually minded is thinking in accordance with the will and purposes of God. My executives are here, at least those who started with me. When they present somebody, I'm sharing this with you because we do these. Also, we think X person can be that. X person can be that. Ask them what I ask them. Does that person have the mind of God? I don't even ask his qualification, his experience, or has he done this before? No, 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 no. Does that person have the mind of God? Because none of us are qualified to be where we are. Zip. But when a person has the revelation that this thing is not about me, but it's about him, then it doesn't matter your level of qualification. It doesn't matter how you feel inadequate. God would equip you. And I pray that none of us feel that we are inadequate, but rather think of it from what the Pharisees were thinking. Signs. No. But the Lord, here I am. I know you are Christ, the son of the living God, the embodiment of Elohim himself, made flesh, manifested. Because that is what I think. I know you can do with me whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. How can we be kingdom-minded when we are self-minded? It just won't happen. But you would think, even according to Jesus' own confession, blessed are you, Simon. For flesh and blood did not reveal this thing to you. Interpretation, this is not some carnal-mindedness reasoning. This is from divine. You were able to know this because my Father, who is the revealer of all truth, Revealed it to you. Jesus' confession. And because of that, you are the rock, Peter. I will build my church. Gates of Hades shall never prevail. It wasn't just for Peter. But for everybody who has that revelation. That he is Christ. The son of the living God. And I believe that as you sit here in this sanctuary, God has revealed himself to you in so many ways. But the most important part of it is that you would know that he is Christ. The son of the living God. Then, he says, upon you, I will build my church. And the gaze of Hades will never trample upon it. The reason why sometimes it feels as if the gaze of Hades is threatening is because our mindset concerning Christ is off tangent. Yeah. Haven't you realized that on the days where everything becomes you, 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 that's when the enemy seems to always want to attack? Mm -hmm. If you're true to yourself, oh, Sometimes we need to analyze ourselves. Mm -hmm. Take some few days. Do some introspection. You realize that on, on days or weeks or whatever, they, it's all about you. Uh, not that you intentionally want it to be all about you, but your mind somehow drifts to be, and me, and they didn't do this, and I didn't get this, and I didn't that. That is the times in that week that the enemy would always want to bombard you more. Mm -hmm. 
Because the only way he can get through here is when this mind is filled with Christ, the son of the living God. Because then he can touch. He can touch. So the conversation has gone on. Jesus has professed that Peter and anybody that thinks like him and has that deep revelation, he will build his church. He will equip them. He will deploy them to do his work. Verse 21. The same verse. Chapter, by the way. From that time. So you see how Matthew builds his case? From that time. In other words, now that I believe Jesus has realized, ah, voila, these people got it. They don't think that the Pharisees or the Sadducees, they, they really get it. They know what I'm here for and what I'm about to use them to accomplish. So from that time, what did Jesus do? He began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So it means that Jesus had not broken this down to them yet all this while. But now he's realized that the understanding and level of thinking is now ready to receive some deep stuff. Listen, people, I'm not going to perform miracles anymore. I'm not going to be doing this anymore because the time has come for me to go to Jerusalem. When I go, we're not going on vacation because I'm going to be killed. I'm going to suffer. Oh, but on the third day, I'll rise again. It's amazing that Peter only saw Jerusalem killed and suffer. The third day resurrection didn't click. Even when he had just said you are Christ. Son of the living God. Not a dead God. A living God. So verse 22. As in his normal self. Brother Peter. Bible says. Took Jesus aside. Then began to rebuke him. When you look at that Greek word, it doesn't change anywhere in scripture. It means as it is. Rebuked him. As in, you don't know what you're talking about. Because by now, I'm sure Jesus was a young 32 and a half years perhaps. Uncle Peter had all beard and experienced. So he pulled a young man aside. Let me put it plainly. Maybe scripture is just being nice. I'm sure he says, you've gone something here. Because for us, you are it. Mm -hmm. You are it. Now that we are building this kingdom, now that people are following us, miracles are happening. You know, and, you know, I'm the de facto leader here. Right, Petro? Yeah. I'm the one, you know, if you want to go to your places, you call me and John and we go hang out. You tell us deep stuff. You are going to what? Die? And listen to what Peter says. He rebuked him. And he says, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Can't happen. 
But if you were to die, my de facto leadership is gone. If you were to die, remember when my in-law was sick and, you know, I took you home and you prayed for her and, you know, she got her healing. How am I going to get that again? See? Completely off. Even at this point, they still didn't connect to the purpose of what Christ was here for. Listen, church. Listen to me, my brothers. Hey, you can be here 10, 20, 50. If the Lord tarries and gives you grace and you still live, and you may be completely off tangent with the purposes of God. Yes. But for us in Pierre Bucy, far be it from us. But then we will be aligned, laser focused. Why God, through his own grace, saved us. And brought us to be part of this family. But the interesting part is what Jesus did here. Verse 22. But he turned and said to Peter. Now, just in case you forgot, this is after he had said, you are the rock. And I'll build my church. Because I perceive that my father has revealed some deep things to you. And now you are coming in alignment with my purpose. But here, after Jesus has said, I mean, Peter has said what he had just said. Jesus says, get what? Behind me. And look at the name that he gives Peter. Satan. You are an offense to me. What? You just told me I am the rock. You're building your church upon me. But look at what he puts there. For you are not mindful of the things of what? God. But of the things of what? Man. This is it, church. You are not mindful of kingdom things. You are mindful of earthly things. You're not spiritually discerned yet, though I thought you had. You are carnally discerned. You are not kingdom-minded. You are self-seated. Therefore, though you may not be the devil himself, you've allowed the devil to infiltrate into your mind. And you are not speaking like a Christian. You're speaking like the devil himself. That's what Jesus was telling Peter. Hey, let's do some two minutes, two seconds introspection. Hey, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. If our mind has lingered away from you, and by virtue of our self-centeredness, we have said something contrary to your word. Forgive us. Forgive us. I know your neighbor is sitting a few miles away from you, but turn to him and say, it's not about you. It's never been. It's never been. Peter at that time was only thinking about himself. So this is the background of the story that leads to the transfiguration. I'm taking my time to break this through because we've read this many times from Sunday school to all that. But as I told you, I got a much better understanding of that word shift meant. 
that we've dwelled in doing church in a certain way. We have, and, and I cried because as a pastor, that is a failure on my part. If my church can be kingdom minded, but I train and teach them to think about praying three hours, two hours, whatever it is, just because some signs, some miracles, some breakthrough is all we focus on, I have failed. And you have failed with me. I hope I'm speaking to somebody. This is what we need to hear. I know you don't like it, but God wants me to tell you. Shift. Because if you be honest with yourself, staying in that cycle of want and want and want, tell me how far you have gone in your journey and intimate walk with Christ. Tell me. If you were to weigh us on a scale, we will all be found wanting. Because we've placed certain priorities above him. Therefore, we pray that he will not turn and look at us and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because we are not Satans. We belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. And so finally, Jesus says, you know what? I got to do something else. I got to do something else. And so now, transfiguration. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, and the verse says, if anyone decides to follow me, be my disciple, what does he have to do first? Let him deny what? Himself. Let's read this together. No, go back please. Verse 24, 24, 24. Shall we go? Then Jesus said to his disciples, what? If anyone desires to come after me, let him. And? And? One more time, one more time. If anyone desires to come after me, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. As so I've said it many times to those who are very close to me, and I've hinted a couple of times here at church, that even up to today, when somebody, a friend of mine, a very good, dear friend of mine, he loves me, he wishes my welfare, he wants good things for me, and whenever he brings up the topic, Ah, so you really quit this pharmacy thing and came and do this Pentecost pastor thing. I just cut the phone. Yet, he's my good friend. Because in that state, he may be Satan. <laughs> Trying to take my mind to some place that I have left years ago. Oh, so you don't miss it? No, I don't. What's your problem? If anyone desires, desires, desires 
to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Not only that, take up his cross. In other words, we all have some cross to carry. Mm-hmm. Some cross, you, God is not going to take it away. You just have to carry it. And follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will what? Find it. For what profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of the Father with his angels and then will reward each according to his work. For surely I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man come into his kingdom. And then he takes them to the mountain as I wrap up. So all this was Jesus trying to test the measure of his church. The standard of his church. If you're sitting here listening to me, evaluate yourself. Where where do you measure up? Because in Ephesians 4, he says, the reason why he gave some prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, and pastors for the edification of the church and equipping them for ministry so that all of us will rise up to a measure and a stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, if we want to measure our level of growth and maturity in our journey with him, we got to have to measure and see whether we are resembling him and how are we resembling him. How do we measure up? So right there, Jesus realized that in spite of all his teachings and all the things that he perceived these 12 should know, they're not there yet. So he decides to take two people amongst them. Obviously, brother Peter and John and James, forgive me. Now, 17 is what we read it. After six days, Jesus took three people, Peter, James, and John, three people, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like a sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, somebody says, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. <laughs> hey, bro, Peter, I love this guy. He says it as, you know, mm-hmm. if you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, don't gloss over this too much, except the fact that Sometimes when we read scripture and we talk about Paul, Peter, we forget that they were Jews. Hello? When we get into the, 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 the real theme, God willing, in the years to come, you will realize that we have similarities with them. Deep down them, they were still Jews. They held on to their cultures. They held on to their beliefs. They held on to what their fathers have taught them and hold dear. 
And so to them, there's no greater prophet than Moses and Elijah. And so in God's own wisdom, just so that one more time, these guys would understand who Jesus was. He brings the two most powerful, at least in their mind, prophets to come and then now have conversation with Jesus. And so we see right there, Peter who had already said, you are the son of a living God. But when he saw Moses and he sees Elijah, you see his different excitement. Let's build a tent here. Forget about the ten. Just, I mean, the, the seven, I mean, uh, uh, the nine, right? So three minus twelve, nine. Let, let us stay here. Again, same self-centered mindset. But Peter, I said I'll build my church upon you. Not just the three of you. But my church. What are we talking about transfiguration for? Even as we wrap up. That we will see Jesus differently. Than we've always seen him. May we not be the one that says, some say you are Moses. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Jeremiah. Some even say you are John the Baptist who has reincarnated. But then we will see him for who he truly is. Christ, the son of the living God. Who gave some to be apostles? Who gave some to be prophets? You put your name there. Who gave some to be music leaders? Who gave some to be media gurus? Who gave some to be intercessors in this church? Who gave some to be exalters and encouragers. Don't you know that there are some people, when they call you, it doesn't matter how bad the day is. You just hear your voice and as if that thing just gone. You are also some. Why? Because his purpose was that he will build his church through the sums. It begins by we understanding who he is and the purpose for which he came and the purpose for which he called us unto himself to form his church. So the moment you step in this building, the moment you step outside this building, wherever you may be, that purpose should not change. Because you are there at that workplace for a purpose. Some of you, you are married to that man for a purpose. You are married to that woman for a purpose. And the moment we begin to get in alignment with what God is trying to use us to accomplish, that is when we then say, Lord, here I am. Equip me. Use me. Grace me. Touch me. me. So that I can do that which you have called me to do according to your purpose. As I wrap up, we went to the end of year, pastors and wives prayer revival all week, discussing what the Lord through his grace has been able to accomplish through us in the region. One of the saddest commentary and report 
And all the pastors just lay prostrate, just crying unto the Lord. It's for a big region like ours. With all our kids, approximately now, 3,000 plus membership. Good number, isn't it? Awesome. We're only able to win 33 souls. 33. Even that, if we were to really do some serious Holy Ghost auditing, it might be a problem. Now, we have the whole region, about 400 and change officers. Even if every officer were to win one soul the whole year. That is your focus, Lord, the whole year from January to December. I don't even know how to talk. I don't even know how to start. But help me, equip me to win just one the whole year. Only 33 souls. We come to church, we dance, we pray, we yell and all that, right? What our fathers want to bring our minds back to is that it's not church. That is not church. That is not church. For many of us, it's a club. It's a place to belong. It happens to me, some elder will call me, some dickness will come visit me. God forbid mom or dad were to pass away. Yeah, church Pentecostal, really good. Come help me out. And because that is our mindset, God forbid, if those things don't happen, we're pissed. I'm not going to come to church anymore. Because when Brother George had the problem, oh, the whole church went and visited. But when it happened to me, not even one deaconess even called me. And so because of that, they can take a church. See that phrase? They can take their church. Which means you don't even feel part of a church as a body of Christ. Church, let's shift. Let's shift. I said, let's shift. Shall we be on our feet? Just want you to close your eyes. Just meditate upon the word that has come. supposed to challenge us. Starting from me, your pastor, to every one of us. Father, attention has been all misaligned. Our focus 
all misappropriated. We looked for our self-interest. We placed our needs and our wants and our desires before you. That's the reason why we are easily hurt and buffeted. If our expectations don't come to pass. This morning you have spoken to us. But if anyone desires to follow you. They must deny themselves. Pick up their cross. And follow you. For in that cross resides all that we need. Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has blessed us all kinds of blessings in heavenly places. It's in you, Jesus. All we need is in you. If we take our eyes and focus off you, we are lost. We may play church all right, but you are not satisfied with us. Therefore, we ask him that you forgive us for all that we have made it. Because it's all about you, Jesus. Not us. Not us. Not us. I'm coming to the heart of worship. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things. I've made it Because it's all about you It's all about you Jesus I'm coming to The heart of worship Because it's all about you Jesus all about you We are sorry, Lord. We are sorry, Lord, for the things that we have made it. Cause it's all about you, yes. It's all about you. It's all about you, yes. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, yeah. It's all about you. Nothing, nothing about it's us. All it is all about you, you yeah, yeah. It's all about you, Jesus. Just lift your hands and your mouth and begin to ask for forgiveness. We all pray, interceding for the church. Whatever we have focused our minds on, 
the way we have treated your church, the way we have treated our ministry, the way we have handled your giftings and grace. Father, we ask for forgiveness. Forgive us, oh God. We didn't know what we were doing. We placed ourselves in front of you. We elevated ourselves in the yours. We pray that you forgive us, Jesus. Somebody lift your mouth and begin to talk to him. It is the beginning of our brokenness. It is the beginning of our person. It is the beginning of our own learning. That he would have a way to equip us anew. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Forgive, 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 oh God. In the name of Jesus, let the devils have Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, we pray for forgiveness, O oh God. We ask for forgiveness, Jesus. Purge our minds, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. We want to lift up prayer. Ask that God calls us to unlearn what we have already learned. And begin to learn what we need to learn. Help us, oh God, to delete and begin to upload a new mindset of church. Help me, oh God, by purging my presuppositions, our own biases, my faulty expectations, and begin to upload, oh God, your will and purpose into me. Please lift up your hand, somebody. You're not just here to receive. You're here to be equipped for the works of ministry. Taking this serious prayer passionately. Many of us are being lured to too many places, too many doctrines, too many words, because it suits and fits our expectations. Somebody, the Lord is speaking to you. Lord is speaking to you. Yes, you are in search of something. But that thing is not what God intends for you. Your passion is all misplaced. Neglecting the basics and foundations of Christ. The son of the living God. 
in earnest expectations of some pseudo signs revelate because it fits into your mold of expectation father we pray cause us to unlearn cause us to delete purge us of all that is not of you and begin to pour your very self into us so that we'll be aligned with your will and purpose shall we open our mouth and talk to him somebody open your mouth and talk to the lord open your mouth and talk to him you know yourself i know myself church Let's talk to our God. Let's talk to our God. Father, align me properly. Align me properly. Align me well. Align me well. My presuppositions, my expectations that are so up your will and purpose. I pray in the name of Jesus that it's never about me, but it's about you. It is never about me, but it's about you. In the name of Jesus, help me, O oh God, and align me back to yourself. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We lay on the altar of God. Burn and in the name of Jesus. In the Lord, prepare me to be sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That is our prayer, O oh Lord. That is our desire. We avail also unto you once again. Asking that you bring us deeper revelation of who you are and for the reason and purpose that you came to die for us. Translating us from all thoughts and ideas and characters and attitudes that were in the dark bringing us into your marvelous light that there will be deeper revelation clarity of mind knowing why you have called us yes such messages father are not the ones that we want but that is what you said we need we pray that we don't deviate from your will and purpose we pray that we will be oh god established in you Denying of ourselves. 
taking our crosses and following you. May this year, 2022, be a transformative year in our personal lives and corporatively as a body. Many of the things that we have done that don't please you, oh God, because you're a just and faithful God, because we have come to confess before you, may you forgive, forgive, forgive our ignorance, forgive, oh God, our carnal mindedness, forgive our self seated ideas, cause us to know that it's all about you. What you came to do for mankind. Oh, this is your church. Lord, this is your church. As inadequate as sometimes we may feel, you have given us power. And you have mandated us to do your bidding here. A representation of your kingdom here on earth. May it be made manifest. Even this year. Even this year. Pray for the one oh God has not yet come into alignment with this word. Pray for the spirit that comes and wants to push the minds and hearts of your people onto something else. Oh how I pray for the young lady and the woman that sits there. Thinking this is not what I came to hear. The Father you give a deeper revelation. Deeper revelation. Deeper revelation. Because that is your will and purpose concerning us. That as we begin to avail ourselves for the equipping. For your training. We oh God. Will receive fully. That which you have prepared for us. Church being equipped as an army. To possess the nations. We possess our family. We possess our workplaces. We possess our campuses. We possess our community and oh God our neighborhood. We possess that which you have caused our feet to tread. Cause us to be that force. Representation of Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. Receive all glory and honor, even now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you.